Hi, I'm Jason Wachab, founder and CEO of My Buddy Green, the best-selling author of Wealth, and your host for the My Buddy Green podcast, where I'll be bringing you deep and insightful dialogues with some of the greatest minds in wellness. If you like what you hear, please give us a five-star review, comment, and share with your friends and family. And don't forget to visit us at mybuddygreen.com for your daily dose of wellness. Thanks and enjoy the podcast. Like many people, it's taken me years of experimenting with food, adding ingredients here, cutting them out there to find the perfect diet. I go heavy on the plants, light on the grains, and medium on the healthy fats to feel energized, happy, and alert. And I can find them all on Thrive Market, the largest online marketplace in the country that sells exclusively non-GMO groceries shipped straight to your door. They're offering an amazing deal right now. Get $60 of free organic groceries plus free shipping. Go to thrivemarket.com slash mindbuddygreen now. Their homepage lets me filter through a wide selection of thousands of products based on my values. I just click a few buttons to shop for their widest assortment of certified organic, non-GMO, paleo-friendly foods out there. I don't know where else I can access my go-to snacks like Simple Mills flourless crackers, pantry staples like pasture-raised ghee, and organic apple cider vinegar, and treats like heavenly organic chocolates, all in one go. I just add my weekly haul to my cart, check out, and get back to my life. Oh, and did I mention that their prices are insane? They cut out the middleman to offer up the 50% off items sold. And now they're giving you an extra $60 in free groceries and free shipping. Just visit thrivemarket.com slash mindbuddygreen now. So to all of our vegan, gluten-free, and paleo listeners out there, welcome to a new shopping experience that makes it easier than ever to live with specialized diets. Again, check out thrivemarket.com slash mindbuddygreen for $60 in free groceries. There is no one other place I can go that has such an enormous variety related to the way I eat and the way I live. And I know if it's on Thrive Market, it's going to be good for me and my family. Hey, everybody. I just want to take a quick moment to thank you all for listening to the podcast and to say that we want to listen to you. So if you have any questions, any dream guests, we are all ears. I would love to hear from you. So ask me anything and stay tuned for the answers or your dream guests on this very podcast. Send your questions to podcast at mindbodygreen.com. That's podcast at mindbodygreen.com. And I look forward to hearing from all of you. Thanks so much. And let's go back to the podcast. At Mind Body Green, access to healthy food is a major part of our You We All mission. For today's guest, Rachel Drory, access is at the core of her mission for her food delivery service, Daily Harvest. The company promotes convenience without compromising by delivering real, unprocessed, unrefined foods frozen right to your door. Rachel essentially created Daily Harvest out of a personal need to prioritize wellness in her busy life as a working mom. She combined her background in marketing and her passion for food access to launch Daily Harvest on her own, starting in a commercial kitchen in Long Island City. It's super exciting to see the success of a company doing the work to change our food system with an emphasis on wellness. We're very excited to have her on the podcast and to chat about all things entrepreneurship, food, motherhood, and trends in the wellness space. Welcome, Rachel. Thanks for having me. 
we're so thrilled to have you here. And you know, we'd love to start with just a little bit about Daily Harvest. Can you share what it is and what was the inspiration behind it with our audience? Yeah, so Daily Harvest is what I like to think of as the solve to a modern eating dilemma. We all aspire to eat a certain way, but what happens is life. It gets in the way. Um, so what I see Daily Harvest is as a solve to this this reality that we all face. And we use frozen food to be able to have convenient food without nutritional compromise. I love it. So people can get delivered smoothies. Tell me about the products that you can get right now. Right. So we deliver smoothies, soups, overnight oats, chia parfaits, nice cream sundaes, and harvest bowls, and most recently launched lattes, um, all direct to consumer, delivered straight to your door in a frozen um, format that allows you to make it in just seconds whenever you're ready to make it. So cool. And as I've told you, uh, Daily Harvest as a brand has super cult status among my Brooklyn mom friends, which was how (laughs) I originally found you guys. What was the inspiration behind it? How how did you conceive of this? Because you were working in marketing prior to Daily Harvest? Right. So Daily Harvest really started because I wanted it. Um, I was an athlete growing up and I found that. What sport? I was a rower. Nice. So yeah, people usually look at me, I'm, I'm not so super tall. I'm like, no, I, I was actually a rower. And not the coxswain? Or- <laughs> I was not the coxswain. I was on a lightweight team. We were all short. Um, but anyway, so uh, yeah, so I was, I was an athlete and very well versed in health and nutrition and, and, and wellness, you know, before it became trendy to, to be. Um, and, you know, knew a lot about fueling my body for efficiency and for, you know, general health. Um, and what I found is as I got older and as my responsibilities changed in work, career, family, um, I was not able to eat the way that I knew I should, the way that I wanted to. It just became a, a choice that I was making every day. And I decided it wasn't a choice I wanted to make anymore. So I started meal prepping on Sunday nights for myself. And I realized that it allowed me to eat just so much better during the week. Um, and that was the moment where I was like, you know what? Why isn't somebody doing this for me? <laughs> this is like, hello. So I decided to to do it. So talk to me about the early days. Yeah. Did it start in your kitchen or something like that? Yeah. So it started, you know, as I said, meal pe- prepping Sunday nights, and I would freeze everything. And it was not really when it changed my life, but mostly when it changed how my husband was eating that I realized that it was the opportunity to, to kind of like dive in head, head first and build something. So, you know, my husband who can't butter toast, um, I love him. He's wonderful. He just not, he's not lots of other skills. Kitchen, I'm sure lots of other skills. Um, you know, was able to get out the door in the morning, make something he felt good about, make something I felt good about with these little packs that I was making. So, you know, I quickly, once I realized that there was a bigger opportunity, started looking into, okay, how do I scale this? How do I, how do I put an MVP together, minimal, vi- minimum viable product? And I found a commercial kitchen that was in Long Island City, not so far away. And I signed up. And I found places to buy fruits and vegetables that were frozen. And I started putting them together with, you know, my right-hand employee number one and my left-hand employee number two, um, delivering everything in my car and, um, you know, just built the most hideous, um, poor user experience website you will ever, ever see. And I said to myself, you know what, if this is going to work, it doesn't matter what what the product looks like, what the brand looks like, what the website looks like, because people will find a way to use it. Right. And they did. 
So when did you know that you had something? Yeah, so I would say, um, you know, going back to the moment I was just uh, alluding to, I kind of set a metric for myself, which was once there were five times more people buying who I didn't know than those who I did, then it was time to like really do this. And it happened really quickly. And I said, okay, well, all right, you know, we're we're going to do this. And and that was the moment where, um, you know, I kind of quit my job and, and decided that this was going to be a full-time thing and made it happen. So how long were you doing nights and weekends yeah, while um, having a job? Not for very long. It was only about three or four months. Wow. Yeah. So early on, there were some indicators that you could have a business beyond just selling to people you knew. Right. <laughs> I know, you know, we, we've talked about your journey a little bit in the past, and yeah. I remember one story so vividly of you were just giving birth to your child and had investors in your apartment the next day yeah tell yeah. me tell me about that yeah so this was second child okay so, so much easier totally so first child i was actually fundraising as well oh my gosh um so that was super fun and i can separate story but the one that you're alluding to is um you know my our series b so our most recent round of funding um we were about to close we were about to to get to the stage where we would be getting term sheets and you know i knew i was cutting it close with my due date but you know life goes on so um i was in fundraising meetings all day and just because this is kind of funny um i felt like my, my stomach was hurting and i i like called my husband and I how was many all, weeks Oh, I was 40 weeks. Um, I wonder what it could be. No, but you know what's so crazy? I didn't remember. So I called my husband and I was like, I can't believe you made me eat some, there's this like place that he always wants to order and I never want to order from. And I was like, I can't believe you made me eat this last night. I have such an important day. And now I have a, I have a stomach ache and like, I'm so mad at you. So anyway, I get home and um, I had a massage scheduled that night because they were going to like push all the the buttons to make the baby magically come magically out. Magically come out. Um, and... I, I lay it down and she's like, um, you're in labor. And I'm like, wait, what? what? Excuse me? She's like, oh, and your contractions are three minutes apart. So I'm like, okay, we're going to the hospital. So we're, you know, we get in the car and all of a sudden, because like mentally I was like, oh, I'm in labor. Everything just like, you know, happened really fast. Um, but on the way there, I'm like, oh my gosh, I have, I have more fundraising meetings tomorrow. What am I, what am I going to do? I have people coming in from California to meet with me. I, cause I couldn't get on a plane at that period. Right. So I made them come to me and now I'm going to ghost on them. I can't do that. Um, so I emailed them really quickly and I was like, Hey guys, um, I'm in labor, uh, but no big deal. Give me 24 hours and, and you know, you'll meet me at my apartment. So, you know, 24 hours later I had the baby home and welcomed investors into my house. You know, I, I wasn't sure what they were going to make of it, what the experience was going to be like, but, you know, girls got to do what a girl's got to do. So, um, you know, had the meeting. It, were you nursing during the meeting? Well, yeah. So halfway through the meeting, I heard a baby cry. And this is like a, literally a 24-hour baby, an old baby. And I'm like, well, I'm going to feed my baby. So I went to go get my baby and, and brought him in and I just started nursing him in front of the investors. And, you know, there were two males and two females. And, you know, it was funny. It was one of those moments where, where everybody was kind of looking at each other, like, do we acknowledge it? Do we not? Do we pretend this isn't happening? Do we pretend it's happening? Like, like what's the right thing to do here? Um, and it ended up everybody was was super cool because one of the, the women um, was like, can we just, like, pause? She's like, this is awesome. She's like... You know, let, let's just acknowledge how great this is that you're not 
you know, that you're kind of like having an, a have it all moment. I'm like, yeah, I guess I kind of it. I am. And then, you know, I think my baby like pooped really loudly and it was just like funny. Um, but you know, it, it became one of those things that was, it was just, it turned out to be great and I wasn't sure how they would respond. But, um, you know, I, I think that that's part of the reason why we got a term sheet because I think they were like, you're not going to let this get in your way. Well, it's a great test for you of am I marrying in the right. investment sense uh, the right type of people who understand the realities of my life. Totally. Totally. And in contrast, when I was raising the Series A, also pregnant, um, I have just I, I like to time things really well. Um, I had an investor say to me, so um, his wife was the fan of Daily Harvest, who made him meet with me. And I'm sitting there with the wife who, who was a stay-at-home mom and, and the investor. And he says to me, like in this, this situation that I'm in, uh, so how are you going to do that and that, pointing at my stomach and pointing at the deck? And I was like, uh, well, you've put me in this position where I can't really answer either yeah. way because I'm looking at you as an investor. I'm looking at your wife as a consumer and like a kick-ass stay-at-home mom. Like, what am I going to do? So I decided to just change the question. And I said, okay, well, if what you're asking is if I'm fully committed to making Daily Harvest successful, the answer is yes. Good answer. Yeah. Good question. Yes. Yes. So talk to me a little bit about your recent capital raise of 45? 43. 43 million dollars. Yes. Um, talk to me a little bit about the process and yeah. what you're going to do with this investment. Yeah, so the process was was really wonderful. We ended up said with, no one ever. It, it really was though. I know. Um, this one was, you know, the way that we structured it was really just, you know, having had some some rounds of investment under my belt. What I did is I just kind of turned the process on its head, and I and I said I'm not going out to people who I'm not excited about. I'm not, you know, I'm not going out to people who I don't know that, you know, if I got a term sheet that I would sign on the dotted line with no questions asked. So, you know, I kind of had this like dating period beforehand where we got to know people all summer and, you know, before we even started thinking about going out officially for the round and just made some some decisions about who we wanted to work with, who we wanted to be our partners. Um, so it was really fast and efficient by the time we actually got down to like what the numbers are and, and you know, making, making people understand the opportunity. And Obviously, the money is to help scale your business. Yes, yes, yes. But what, is, what does that mean in terms of what you're going to do with the money? Right. So $43 million, it's a hefty sum. And, you know, we have a lot to do. So everything from, you know, scaling our R&D, we have a lot that we that we want to accomplish this year, and that takes resources. Um, another thing that we're really excited about is we really um, – Part of our mission, which hasn't really manifested itself in um, you know our, our brand quite yet, but it's it's coming this year, is this greater mission of how we really think about the food system, and um, there are two components to it. So one is that forty seven percent of fresh fruits and vegetables actually get thrown out. Yikes! They go to waste, um, and with frozen, you don't have that. So there's this huge opportunity in frozen to solve a lot of the the food challenges that we have in our country. Um, so that's number one. Actually, I mean, we, we use a ton of frozen vegetables yeah. at home, and I, I do think they could benefit from a PR campaign. I totally agree, and that's that's exactly what we're doing because 
you know, as you and I know, uh, frozen fruits and vegetables are actually higher in nutrient content than yeah. what was the stuff that you're buying at, say, Whole Foods. You know, you buy something from Whole Foods, it was picked green, it's picked before it reaches its nutritional peak, and then it goes on this long journey to the grocery store, and then, hey, it sits there and waits for somebody to buy it. By the time you're buying it, there's not much nutrition left in it. Um, yeah. In contrast, if you buy something that's farm frozen, which is how we procure all of our ingredients, they're actually... Uh, picked at their peak nutrition because there's no time for them. There's no ability for them to ripen after. And then all those nutrients are actually maintained by the freezing process. So it's actually superior. Um, it saves, you know, that that 47% that usually goes to waste. And there's also the idea of, of food deserts, right? Where, you know, in, it's still a huge problem. A huge problem in the majority of our country. You can't get to a supermarket. And if you get to a supermarket, what you're getting is not that great. So, you know, the idea of, of really solving the food desert problem, solving the food problem through frozen, and then overlaying this idea of um, investing in transitional organic, because we really believe that if we can invest in farmers that and are transitioning. And what is transitional organic? Yeah. Um, so investing in farmers who are transitioning from conventional farming to organic farming, it what happens is it's a three-year process, and organic farming is more expensive for the farmer, but the price that they get for those transition years is as if it were conventional. So they lose money for three years, and it's really hard for a farmer to do that. I'm sure. Um, so we invest in transitional organic after the first year of transition, so it's more or less, I mean, it is organic. And we buy those crops from the farmers and we commit to them so that they can continue transitioning to organic. And you know, our hope is that through increasing the pie of organic, increasing the pie of food overall by using frozen, we can solve food deserts, you know, by increasing the supply of organic and food in general, we can bring prices down so that you're not paying the same, you're not paying 25 cents for a bag of Doritos and 50 cents for an ear of corn. <laughs> You know, if you just think about like how many ears of corn went into that bag of Doritos and how many hands it touched, does not make sense. Right. So you you were passionate about this long before Daily Harvest, right? Yes, for sure. In college? Yeah. So one of the most impactful classes I took in college was called The Politics of Food. And I just got really passionate about it and really um, in, involved. And I, I was involved in this this organization that we created called Fruit Stand, and it's so basic. But we would fo we would partner with local uh, Pennsylvania farmers. I went to college in Philadelphia, and we would bring produce to schools in in West Philadelphia, where you know it, it is basically a food desert. Um, and we would trade, say, a bag of Doritos for a bag of apples. We always made sure that the value was you know a few steps up. Yep. Um, you know, and and just showed people like exposed exposed people to fresh fruits and vegetables and exotic fruits and vegetables and just things that, that they had never accessed before and um we really got people excited about it and we we built farms and schools and so cool, and, so cool. Thanks, and now yeah. it's come full circle yeah absolutely so something that the wellness world talks a lot about is this idea of balance and then you add on being a sole founder right. of a fast-growing company what does balance mean to you? Is it something that's even achievable or attainable or not yeah. something you're striving for right now? It's hard, right? So 
when I when people ask how I get work life balance, I, I laugh. <laughs> I'm like, I'm there just is none. Um, you know, but but really the goal of Daily Harvest, and it's a personal goal. Like, you know, the the brand is really a mirror of, of like my per, the personal struggle to want to have it all. Right. Right. So, um, you know, the idea of convenience without compromise, finding time to do other things, is a struggle that I have constantly. So I'm I'm, you know, I eat a lot of Daily Harvest, <laughs> um, but. You know, it's it's kind of the way that I live my life, where I I take shortcuts in some areas so that I have time to spend, you know, with my two babies, yep. or you know, more time to spend growing the business and being strategic and all of those things. I guess you could call it balance. It just kind of feels like a tornado most of the time. <laughs> but, but you're trying to be conscious about how you're spending your time. Totally, totally. And and you have to make hard decisions and you have to set rules for yourself. One of the rules that I set is I leave work every day at five thirty. I do not care what's going on. I leave every day at 5.30 and I put my kids to bed. And what time is that at? Six. Okay. Um, and then They're early to bed. Very early because I need that night. <laughs> and <laughs> then you start work them. part two? Yes. And then I'm, I'm back on at 6.30 or 7 and I work all night. I do all my West Coast meetings at night. It's great. Wow. As I've you know, read some of the articles about you, there's been a lot, especially since your recent capital raise. Yeah. This word mompreneur comes up. Oh, I hate it so much. Talk to me about that. I hate it so much. I mean, <laughs> um, I just don't know why mom needs to be attached to entrepreneur. I can't make sense of it. It's the same thing. I mean, yeah, I've look, never heard of a dadpreneur. I've never heard of a dadpreneur. Like, why does that have to, why do those two identities, unclepreneur, right? Why do those two identities need to be mashed into one? It's not like, you know, I don't know. It's not like a celebrity marriage. <laughs> it's like, it just doesn't make sense to me, but I, I think that it, it minimizes, um, you know, what entrepreneurs have accomplished. It, it's kind of like, oh, well, they're a mom. So it, it, it kind of says, well, you've you've accomplished whatever what you've accomplished as an entrepreneur, but in a smaller subset, as opposed to just saying you are an entrepreneur. And also you have to, you happen to be a mother, but that shouldn't matter. And how do you think being a mom has helped you as an entrepreneur? Yeah. So, um, one of the most interesting things that I've found, and this is totally unexpected for me, was by learning how to talk to kids effectively, I've actually learned how to, how to have a lot of um, business conversations that were challenging for Tell me, me more. previously. So, uh, you know, one of the kids is, one of the things that they say when you're talking to a toddler is you have to acknowledge their feelings. You have to say, I understand that you're frustrated and, you know, I, I you know, it's always kind of naming their feelings to show that that you're justifying it. Um, and that really helps when you're managing people. Yeah, it really does. Uh, you know, and and things like instead of saying what you shouldn't do to a toddler, you're supposed to instead tell them what they should be doing uh, because people don't necessarily know what they should be doing if they're doing something wrong. Yeah. So instead of saying, you know, hey, stop throwing your water on the floor, you know, please put your water on the table is actually taught me to be more direct in business. Well, I'm going to use both of those lessons yes. for both my one-year-old and for life. Yeah, they're huge. So a little bit of, about people. What have you found to be the types of people that work well in a mission-driven, high-growth company? Yeah, so um, I would say I, I kind of want to look at the life cycle of the business a little bit. So sure. I'd say, you know, the the 
what I, what we would look for early on is different from what we look for now. Um, you know, early on in the business, when you're first starting up, you want people who are chameleons. They can, they're a jack of all trades. They can kind of do a little of this, a little bit of that. Super utility. Super utility. Um, all around athletes, as people say. And now really what we're looking for is specialists. We're looking for people who have, you know, deep knowledge in a certain area and can help drive the business forward. You know, and, and specifically, we do look for people who align with our values. So, you know, people who believe in the bigger picture of what we're trying to do, believe in making people's lives easy, easier, believe in making the world a better place. And, and you know, I know that those are very broad strokes, but they're important. Absolutely. Um, you know, and we also look for people who, uh, you know, like to collaborate and people who, uh, you know, are not afraid to, I'm going to air quote here, you can't. But um, upset the apple cart. So you know, never. Ooh. Yeah, that's a big one for us. And it's it's you know, not having the fear of um, questioning what exists, mm-hmm. and always kind of looking to evolve and iterate. Very cool. And food is such an exciting space right now. Food is so sexy. Food's so cool. You know, the acquisitions that are going on at really exciting multiples yep. is. is just an amazing space to be in right now. What outside of Daily Harvest do you think is so cool going on in the food space right now or that excites you? Yeah, so um, I'm just going to speak as a consumer. Totally. Um, I would say I'm a huge, huge, huge collagen fan. Mm-hmm. I love it. I put it in everything. And I make like gummy worms and gummy bears now for my kids out of like grass-fed collagen. Which amazing. Is um, and lemon juice, it's a great recipe. I'll give it to you. <laughs> Please. Um, and you know, the other thing that I'm obsessed with is just the whole vegan cheese thing. It's like changed my life. Really? Because I love cheese. And and now you think you can have more of it with vegan cheese? Or? Yeah, because I, you know, dairy is not necessarily my friend, but I'm like a cheese fanatic, so I can kind of have it all now. And I like anything that allows me to have it all. <laughs> I can totally understand that. Yeah. The only time my body really liked cheese was when I was pregnant. Yeah. Consume large amounts of cheese and dairy, yes. dairy in general. But right. I um, have not tried as much vegan cheese. You have a brand you like these days? I mean, I'm, I'm addicted to Kite Hill. I'm uh, absolutely addicted to it. Yes. Great products. Yeah. Uh, we use their um, cream cheese, in yeah. air quotes, um, on our bagels on occasion on the weekends. Totally. And I finally got a hold of the ricotta because it's been yes. an eight. Impossible to find in New York City, uh, but I got I got a hold of it and I made some lasagna this weekend. Oh, yum! Amazing. That sounds very good. Um, so, what gets you excited in the morning? Whether it's about you know daily harvest or you know the larger world. Yeah. What's What's exciting to you right now? Yeah. Um, hmm, that's a tough one. <laughs> um, I mean. I'm just so excited about the year that we have ahead of us for Daily Harvest. We have there's so much that that we have set out to accomplish this year, um, and you know as we expand our team, it's it's you know seeming real more and more real, and it, it's just really exciting. We've got a lot of exciting things, which I'm not going to name, but um, that you should all look out for this year. Yeah, I mean, I think there's just a lot of interesting things happening in the world. I think there, you know, we were we were talking about about Ripple earlier, and you know, I think that, um, you know, I'm not a vegan, but I wish I could like flexible veganism's a thing now. Flexible veganism. I just, you know, my body needs meat. Yeah, Um, but uh, you know, I love all of these solutions that are that are out there now. Where you know, if you if you do have a special diet or if you do have um, you know what was once an alternative way of eating 
you know, there are now solutions so you don't have to make it all for yourself. There's, it's bringing this idea of like convenience to, to everybody. And what keeps you up at night? What keeps me up at night? I mean, there's so many things. So many Or you just sleep like a rock every night. (laughs) Said no one ever. (laughs) I mean, besides my one-year-old and my three-year-old keeping me up all night. Literally. Literally. um, You know, I would say it's just the, the, like the food system in general. I I find that there's so much, um, there's so much to change and there's so much to do and, we're like barely scratching the surface and and I feel like there's so many strides that that need to be made you know just with making things that are are better for you more accessible yep you know we're we're going to do what we can but there's so much more to do and and things are moving in that direction of progress now which yes. is you know there's such an an audience for that conversation and for people sure. want want to help make that happen together, which is not something we could say five or, you know, 10 years ago, which is exciting. Absolutely. But one of the challenges that I see and one of the things that that we're very committed to is making sure that it's not only for a privileged class of people that (laughs) that can that can afford these things and that can, you know, interact with these things and be thinking about these things, you know. Something that we're obviously very passionate here about, yes. too, is just, you know, taking this conversation of wellness away from, you know, certain zip codes of Tribeca or the west side of L.A. and just right. creating that same access wherever right. you are in America and hopefully the world, too. For sure. Absolutely. And what's been the biggest lesson that you've learned from running Daily Harvest? Yeah. Um, I would say one of the biggest lessons is just the idea that your work is never done, you know, that, that every time you, you kind of pass a milestone and, you know, you kind of like sit on it for a second, you know, reflect and then move on to the next, the the 40 other things that have to happen. And, you know, the idea of constantly questioning what you even just finished, um, you know, is something that, that, um, has, has been a big lesson for me and, and something that, you know, I've worked on a lot. Has there ever been a moment where you're like, I can't do this anymore? Yeah, of course. It usually happens. It usually coincides with the one three-year-old being up all night. <laughs> Funny how that works. Yeah, um, you know, when you're it's like four a.m., you can't fall back asleep because you know it's just what happens. You have to like, take a lot of magnesium. A lot of a lot of magnesium. I mean, natural calm and, and me are like besties. Love that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, of course, you have those moments, but you know, you look at your team and you look at what you've accomplished and you get emails. We get emails through customer service of how we're really changing people's lives. And it's like, nope, not about me anymore. Right. Keep going. Right. And what advice would you give to your 20-something year old self um, with all the life lessons you've learned on this long journey from, you know, motherhood and entrepreneurship? What would you tell her? Yeah. So what I would say is, and it's not it's not original it's not it's not mine um but one of my my good friends actually posted something on Instagram a long time ago and it really really resonated with me and it was a graph of what he he called the the relative joy of entrepreneurship i like that it's wonderful great qualifier totally um and it was this this graph that you know goes upwards and to the right but on the way there had so has so many ebbs and flows so you know the idea is if you if you aspire for the upward slope like you're you're going to be good and i think in you know as looking looking at some of the the lowest ditches and the highest highs you know if i had known earlier that 
as long as it all evens out to, to upwards and to the right, everything's going to be okay. You know, I think that that perspective being not on the other side of it, because, you know, you're never on the other side of it yeah. fully, but, um, you know, having some more experience under my belt would have been nice to know about 10, 10 years ago. <laughs> Someone told me that it, it's, your problems don't go away, they just change. Yes. And I think that's uh, definitely resonated for me. Yes, totally. And what does wellness mean to you? Um, I think that wellness is very individual. And I think that that's what's, what's so beautiful about about this concept of wellness. So, um, you know, I say it's it's people living their most full, most, um, their most full life. Yeah. In, in, you know, all facets. I think full is a lot better word than, than happy. Yes. Uh, and it does, to me at least, evoke what a complete and fulfilling life, you know, could look like. Totally. Because what you eat impacts, you know, how you, the energy that you have for the day and the energy that you have impacts, you know, how you take on different tasks and, you know, how, how you, um, you know, look inwards and outwards and it just all kind of bubbles up into fullness. <laughs> and I don't want to use a year in time that seems too far away, but what can you tell us about where, where Daily Harvest will be in one or three years from now? Yeah, so you know the ultimate goal is to have this daily habit form formulated around the freezer, right? There's one in every single kitchen, and if we do our job right, what we're doing is we're going to form these daily habits where whenever, any time of the day, when you're really looking for a solution and you don't have a lot of time, you're going to find it from Daily Harvest and it's going to be sitting in your freezer. I love the simultaneous PR that you're doing for the freezer. Totally. <laughs> Without it, we don't succeed. It's one and the same. <laughs> and what excites you right now about the broader wellness world? Um, I would just say that, uh, you know, to the point earlier where there are things that are, are starting to bubble up that make this idea of wellness more approachable to everybody. And it's not just, um, you know, for, for those who have means. Well, I think we will have done our work here at Mind Body Green if that comes to fruition as well. Yeah. So thank you Absolutely. so much for joining us today on the Mind Body Green podcast. Thanks. This was fun. <laughs>